Welcome back to 71%, a podcast exploring the latest aquatic research taking place across our big blue planet. Our goal is to bring you cool stories about science taking place in oceans, rivers and lakes, so that you can help spread information to protect the watery habitats that make up most of our planet, 71% to be precise. It's beginning to look a lot like fishmas everywhere you go. There's a pike in the aquarium lab, one at the lake as well, the sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow. It's beginning to look a lot like fishmas. Soon the breeding will start and the thing that will make them dance is the podcast that you do right within your heart. It's Dr. Ben Whitaker. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> I was a bit worried where it was going to go when you were talking about the breeding. Honestly, but but yeah, it was it was good. Yeah, that's really yeah. fun. Have you seen? Have you been watching the uh, uh, Twenty Five Days of Fishmas on Twitter? Not this year. No. No. I think last I, year I did. I've been watching. It's yeah, it's a really good thing to to follow if anybody's not following it already. Hashtag Twenty Five Days of Fishmas. Okay, shall I do mine? Yes, go ahead. Okay, <clears throat> see if you can guess which one it is. I think you should know this one. Okay, the kelp grows green on the seashore tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of algal research, and it looks like she's the queen. Let her go, let her go. You can't hold her back anymore. It's Dr. <laughs> Laura Capalati. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> let her go. Let her go. <laughs> Just let her go. Just let me go. Oh, to be fair, I feel like I'm in in frozen at the moment. It's minus fifteen in Helsinki and very oh. snowy, so <laughs> it fits very well. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. No snow here, but we're bracing for storm Barra. So, what's the name of the storm? Barra. B A R R A. I don't know how they come up with these names, but yeah. Didn't you guys just had Storm Arwen? Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad. Like, there's still places in the country without electricity. Um, But I always think the names sound really nice in British storms. Like, Arwen. (laughs) Arwen sounds like a lovely name. You wouldn't want a storm to be called Arwen. No, it's an elf from uh, Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. So. Although, elves can be mean. In the books, definitely, they can be mean. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to meet a mean elf. No. (laughs) Well, starting with the geekiest way possible, today's episode is going to be a bit different, right, Ben? Do you want to tell them what's different about today's episode? Well, today's episode (laughs) is different (laughs) because... It's our one-year anniversary! <laughs> so we decided that instead of bringing you a research paper or um, any of the other weird things that we usually do, we just have a quick chat about things we've learned, highlights and reflections about our podcasting experience so far and adventures into science communication. Yeah, should be so, fun. Yeah. 
we have no script whatsoever. So yeah, let's so, see where so this goes. Strap yourselves in. So as a quick rundown, we have done 11 episodes, three interviews, and one Halloween special, which translates to over 10 hours of 71%. And uh, just looking through our demographics, we have viewers in 29 countries, which span Europe and uh, South and North America and over into Asia as well. So really exciting. That's amazing. That's really amazing. I don't know I can't how believe people... people... Yeah. <laughs> how did they get to know us? But... How? Like, who told and more you importantly, about why are they listening to us? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we've, yeah, it's really nice to see this data because obviously we're scientists, so scientists love data and it's nice to see the numbers this way because for us, like this year went by super fast and it feels like, it still feels like we're starting, right? And we yeah. already have this huge, like, impressive numbers, so that's fun. That's really nice. Yeah, and hopefully we'll continue to grow in future and just keep traveling down our adventure into the aquatic research that's going on all across this planet and trying to bring you our somewhat unorthodox twist <laughs> on, <laughs> on how we how we view research. <laughs> So, Ben, uh, let me ask you, do you have a favorite episode? Oh, a favorite would be difficult. I think if I had to narrow it down, it would be one of two. I think I really like episode one, Let's Start in the Sahara, mm -hmm. just because it was so new and exciting and fresh and we kind of like met and didn't really know what was going to happen what we were going to talk about if we'd managed to translate the friendship that we have in real life to the friendship that we have uh, so that that would kind of come across on the podcast as, as like uh, natural and talking i can remember being really nervous in that first episode uh and kind of like really watching what i was saying and how i was saying things and i think listening back i sound really uncomfortable and kind of great posh whereas now i'm kind of <laughs> mellowing more in my accent and i'm a bit more true to myself so but my That's other good. favorite episode i really enjoyed sex and the squiddy <laughs> mostly because we were drinking wine during the episode <laughs> but i just think it was a really cool uh, episode and learning about uh, well first of all squid and how cool squid are and then secondly discussing same-sex sexual behavior in the animal world and kind of shedding a, a different aspect on uh, natural history and things that aren't really touched upon in in many documentaries and so I enjoyed that but how about yourself what we what would you say your favorite episode was yeah, I mean, it's weird because I never listened to an episode after it's been released because obviously I listen to it while I'm editing and then after after I've edited just to check if everything's alright and then I didn't listen to any of the episodes again. Uh, so there's a lot that I don't remember much. <laughs> but I do remember that, of course, I do remember what we talked about and, and how fun it was to record. And I have to say that for me, all of them I have pretty much the same fondness remembering it you know I, I remember that there was not a single episode that I didn't have 
a lot of fun recording with you because you're like uh-huh. the best partner to do a podcast. With. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's I'll actually why I was yes. <laughs> that's actually why I was never really nervous because for me, oh, it always felt since the first one that. You know, I was just talking to one of my best friends, you know, because it's so easy for us to chat. It's always been easy for us to have a yeah. chat, right? Yeah. So it, there's nothing new. And of course, because I don't see anybody, it's just like the microphone. I don't get nervous. But if there was an audience or if the, if it was live, I'd definitely be very nervous. <laughs> yeah, me too. I try not to think about people listening um, yeah. and just try to focus on telling a story. That's true. Yeah, and we're doing this more for ourselves, right? <laughs> for selfish yeah, reasons. Definitely. It's, no, for, it's so yeah, much for fun. science communication, of course, but it's also been like even if nobody else was listening, I think when we're old, we can listen to this episodes back and we're going to have a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I really like I think another thing that I like without I can't really say that I have a favorite episode, but I do agree with you that these two are kind of special. I liked how like diverse our our episodes yeah. have been, right? We we didn't do that many. Um, as you said, it was like eleven normal episodes and then three interviews. So yeah, it's it's. But we've got archaeology. We've got uh, animal behavior. We've got oceanography. Yeah, ecology, environmental document- biology, documentary review. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I guess we've really covered quite a diverse spectrum of uh, research, but we've also covered so many different species from crocodiles and polar bears to marine snow and island geography. Yeah, plankton. It's uh, obviously a few fish along the way. Um, So it's been really diverse and I've really enjoyed learning about all these different aspects of biology and research and how it's been used to learn more about the natural world that we're kind of destroying Um, yeah as much as it has been fun i think it's always have been a little bittersweet right because it's always Mm. like there's always a downside uh and we've always had to bring up some issues that are not so fun like climate change most of all but also some social problems overfishing um pollution so it's it's i think also makes me feel it makes me feel a little bit proud also that we've also tackled these important issues and it yeah. hasn't been all about like silly silliness although it has been a large <laughs> part of it <laughs> i would yeah i guess i guess it's important to have that balance though right because yeah. like you said a lot of the stuff we talk about is quite serious and it has really dramatic real world implications but at the same time I don't know, I'd struggle to sit down and listen to a podcast that was just doom and gloom for an, uh, 30 minutes. Definitely I think you is. kind of need to inject some humour. And I think we work really well in that respect because we both have a similar sense of humour and we can kind of, because we know each other so well in real life, we can kind of anticipate what the other person might be thinking or when they want to say something or something like that. Yeah, definitely. And we finish each other's... Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. But yeah, so I guess what else could we talk about? What what would you say are the biggest like uh, lessons you've learned whilst we've kind of like 
not only done a podcast in terms of the filming and the editing and the planning but also kind of putting a podcast together and kind of thinking more about the the scope of the podcast and the aim of the podcast and like what advice would you give to someone who's trying to set up their own academic podcast that's a good question i think uh, preparing beforehand the content so knowing what you're going to talk about mm-hmm. doing a thorough reading um, especially if like in our case we've mostly focused on single papers which means that we only have to mostly most of the times have to just read the one paper although you usually have to you know search for a little bit extra information yeah. besides the main scope of the paper but still in our case even even if it is just one paper it still requires a lot of work mm. And I think the first couple of episodes that we did, we didn't do a script, right? We just like started talking about the paper. And then when we learned like, actually it's much better to do a script because then it makes, you know, has more logic and it it flows nicely and it's easier to follow. So that's definitely one thing that you shouldn't take for granted. Do a script, prepare well. Uh, and then any kind of like technical issues you can fix later on or you could just leave it because you know you, you don't have to be a professional right from the beginning so you don't have to have the best microphone or the best yeah. software or anything but yeah if you prepare and if you I don't know if you have a nice dynamic if you're doing it with someone else I, I guess that's like more than halfway mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think for me one of the biggest things I've learned is kind of like science is really just a lot of stories and you kind of have to think about the narrative and what parts of the research are the interesting parts that can kind of capture people's imagination and that i mean like we always kind of brush over the methods because they're not that important in terms of telling a story and it's 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 kind of given me a new perspective on science communication in that respect because it's kind of thinking okay well the, the details and the methods are really important to a scientist but the the bigger picture and the the grand scheme of things is much more important for people who aren't coming at this from the same angle as we are yeah definitely i think we should all be at least somewhat interested in communication it doesn't have to be that everybody does a podcast or a youtube channel or write a book but it's gonna be hard to avoid having to explain to explain what you do and what you're talking about in in terms of uh, and anything re- regarding science right it's going to be hard to do if you don't know how to do that so for instance in the case now with the coronavirus we've all been in a position as biologists as scientists we've all been in a position where we have a little bit more um you know knowledge to talk about vaccines and virus transmissions even yeah. if we're not experts in that area um, so these things happen and oh, like there's a fire in the Amazon or there's this problem with and the news um, so it's always good to be able to talk to your family or to your friends in a way that you know they're gonna they're gonna trust what you're saying because you have yeah. a little bit of ex- experience in that in that area and you know what a little bit at least what you're talking about so even on a daily basis it's nice to and not just for science for anything that you do it's nice to have this you know to, to know a little bit to have this practice on how to communicate mm-hmm. it's important to kind of make it accessible and not use language that's intimidating or yeah. jargon or to, to try and make it so that 
anybody with uh, an interest in the subject can access that information. Yeah, I learned a lot about myself as well, <laughs> because yeah. it's, it's an interesting experience to, to hear you speaking. It's yeah. different, like when you hear you speaking in your head, in, your, in a talk or something, it's something, and then you have a perception of how that went. But to hear it back after, it's a completely different perspective. Mm -hmm. Right, and it's easy to just be super judgmental and to think, oh, why did why did I say that? Oh, my my voice sounds horrible, or I stuttered too much, or all these kinds of things. Um, and many times I've been a bit too harsh on myself because, of course, I, I I'm not a journalist or I'm not a native speaker. And there's all of these things that you know I had to learn to accept because. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not so important in the grand scheme of things, you know. I'm trying, of course, I'm learning, I'm getting better at it. But, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, I think, it's been I think, also a journey in self-awareness. Um, yeah. self I think, I think as scientists, we kind of have personalities that are like per, per, um, perfectionists. And we want everything to be just right. Like, we want to make sure that everything's in order. And I think, yeah, for me too, it's kind of been an exercise in learning to let go and kind of embrace the fact that life's life <laughs> and things yeah. will be different. But I think, yeah, it's it's nice to see how far we've come from the first episode, um, like in terms of how we do our communication in terms of the narrative and the clarity and the preparation and the editing and it's just it's improved a lot so we've definitely made progress yeah i think we have what are kuka's thoughts <laughs> on the podcast Kuka, what do you think i think it's about time you guys did an episode on cats <laughs> she is cats. so cute <laughs> oh my gosh for the viewers Hello. listening, she has just done the cutest little yawn and squeaked at the same time. Yeah. And that's Kuka the cat, not Laura. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for clarifying. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's funny because she does this often. She starts meowing and it turns into a yawn. So it's like a meow. No, a meow. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> anyway, back to the app. Uh, that's that's one thing that we've always had, you know, the cats in the background. I don't think and we've dogs. had a single <laughs> and dogs. Yeah. So. yeah, we're a very pet friendly podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what what have you thought about the experience of interviewing people? Mm -hmm. I think interviewing is a really different skill set to science communication. Mm -hmm. um, so like we did our first interview with uh, Valder, who we both know really well from our time doing our PhDs. And I think that was a really good exercise because we know him really well. So we kind of were more relaxed and, and that helped the, the discussion flow. Um, and I think through that, we kind of learn how to pose questions that we kind of already have a good idea about, but trying to preempt what other people might want to, to know. Mm -hmm. uh, and also kind of like make questions that are going to be uh, kind of following on from one another so that you've kind of got a, an order in which they go. Um, and then, yeah, then we uh, interviewed Susanna, who we also know really well from Swansea. And 
I don't know, for me that was uh, really interesting too because I, with Valdo we had a more similar research area whereas Susanna and her mixotrophs is really outside of my area so that was kind of like the first time I was interviewing somebody who I didn't really understand what was going on um, and so that was that was probably more difficult for me um, and then our last interview was with Benjamin uh, and yeah another great interview somebody who I'd never met before in person so again the interview process was gradually getting more difficult as we went through them at least mm-hmm. for me maybe Kuka agrees too <laughs> <laughs> gradually getting more difficult but that was good because it kind of pushed me to develop new uh, communication skills um, but yeah. what, what are your thoughts on that no I totally agree with everything that you said I think so these only these three people that we've interviewed they are pretty different people and they work with quite different subjects but it's still within our comfort zone in the sense that uh, well two of them were our friends (laughs) and also um, they're all biologists so I would like to interview next someone not from biology maybe geology or sociology physics or sociology yeah exactly Uh, and then I think it will be a big challenge for us because the language (laughs) I think is a bit different even like in the, in the previous cases, when you're talking about different species, you're still having like the same kind of way to talk about mm-hmm. things in biology. We know how to talk about things. And when you leave that area and go to another scientific area, it might be a bit, uh, yeah, challenging and at the same time super mm-hmm. interesting and, and a learning process. So mm. we should do that next. We should do. We should do. Yeah, so if you're listening and you want to get interviewed by two inept interviewers then please feel free to contact us contact our secretary kuka (laughs) she deals with all the bookings yes i think another thing we could talk about is that we have kind of selected the interviewees and the research papers that kind of reflect a diverse background like we've chosen research papers from different places and different institutes so we've had we've discussed research that's taken place in Africa in South America in Europe in North America in Asia and trying to choose papers where the lead author is male or female and and trying to show that research doesn't necessarily happen all the time in a lab with people wearing uh, lab coats and that the researchers and scientists coming all different shapes and sizes and it really is uh, something where diversity I feel really adds to to research in that when you get different people from different backgrounds they bring fresh perspectives to a problem and they can they can probably provide solutions that that you might not think of yes definitely we haven't really discussed ourselves in any of the episodes so far have we like in our introductions we kind of i think people probably have the idea that you do a lot of algae research and have more of an ecology background whereas i've kind of worked with fish and have more of a behavioral background but we've never really spoken about our phds or any like what what we do as people now so maybe you could do like a little bio of of who Laura is and who Ben is. Okay, let's try. <laughs> let's try. So, 
as Ben already mentioned now and before, I I have worked with seaweed, seaweed ecology. But before that, I've worked with plant ecology, terrestrial plant ecology, um, especially tropical in tropical forests. And my interest is usually community ecology of plants or seaweed, so anything that's <laughs> photosynthesizing. Um, and it's macro, please. I, I, I'm definitely <laughs> not into the microscopic Please. Level. Please. And, and I'm very interested in ecology, which is a very broad topic. So ecology is a lot. But still, that, that's just... That's just to say how much I love anything related to ecology, even if it's for animals or microscopic ecology, anything. That's, that's really something that I'm interested in. Well, I have done, collaborated in some studies with animal ecology as well, but it's mostly been plants and seaweed. And my, so I have a PhD in functional biology of seaweeds that I did in Swansea, where Ben did his PhD as well. And now I'm working as a seaweed ecologist and biologist in a company uh, that extracts um, that extracts compounds from seaweeds that can be used in the industry. And I'm working more in the development of, potentially development of aquaculture of seaweed. So I'm working now and living in Finland and this, the marine environment here is the Baltic Sea. Uh-huh. And the Baltic Sea is a very weird and special place because it's kind of like a big lake, right? And so the salinity is very, very low and it's very turbid. There's not a lot of waves, so it doesn't really look like the sea, but <laughs> it's still a sea. And there's these communities of seaweeds that are actually very special and very important to the environment here. And so my work also involves trying to keep them, um, you know, there. <laughs> yeah. So preserved. some kind of uh, preserved and also, you know, doing like making sure that the populations are are stable and doing what they need to do in their environment because they're very mm-hmm. important to 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 for instance filter the water from excess nutrients and to make sure that other animals can live in that environment so they form mm-hmm. these very important habitats so oh. that's pretty much what i'm working on now and i think that's enough about me so ben <laughs> <laughs> well i was gonna say you said you extract uh compounds from the seaweed like what what are those things used for like i know you've mentioned before things like um is it medicine or, or things like that i was just yeah. wondering so we extract this called bioactive compounds so it's basically very natural um, compounds that are there in the in the in the algae but we just like concentrate them and, and purify them so they can be used for for foods for industrial products for cosmetics pharmaceuticals and other mm-hmm. things lots of different things yes i ended up doing something it's is quite different from what I was doing before, but I'm loving it and I'm learning a lot from it. So let's see. It's it's oh. been interesting to be outside academia for for a change mm. because before then, you know, it's been let's see, five, eleven years in the academic working in the academic environment. So that's a lot. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Laura. That's a nice little wrap up. Yeah, so now it's your turn to, to talk a little bit about yourself. It's, it's my turn to uh, interview you. Yeah. So, who is it's Ben? It's difficult. <laughs> who is Ben? Who, 
Where do, where where does Ben come from? <laughs> well, I guess yeah. I and somewhat similar in the. Well, probably not similar at all, really. And I've worked lot. I've worked with quite a few different species. So I started off working with insects, um, with different species of ants and moths, and I've also worked with um, rodents, different species of wild rodents, uh, some more insects and uh, fish. Uh, but the kind of like common overarching theme in all of that is that uh, my area of study is animal behaviour uh, and kind of how that relates to the ecology of different species, um, kind of like behaviours on groups and population levels. Um, also on individual, uh, an individual scale and also I've been doing quite a lot of work on uh, the genetics, so like how behaviours might be inherited through different family lines and things like that that could be used for selective breeding. Um, so I did my PhD at Swansea with Laura and that PhD was focusing on a rather unusual species of fish called a lumpfish which has been described to me as a what would happen if you crossed a fish with a potato? <laughs> They're not particularly hydrodynamic, they don't swim very well, uh, but they do show lots of really interesting behaviours. And one of the things that they do is that they remove parasites from other species of fish, so that makes them a cleaner fish. Uh, and we talked about cleaner fish before in one of our episodes. Um, it's a really cool behaviour, uh, example of mutualism, and it shows how different species can kind of interact with each other to, to kind of work together and cooperate. And so I was looking at how these lumpfish remove parasites from salmon and how that behaviour can be utilised in salmon aquaculture. Um, so looking at things like uh, cooperative behaviour, whether the lumpfish might be a bit naughty and they might uh, bite the salmon or things like that. So trying to understand this interaction more. Uh, and then after my PhD, I went to do a postdoc in Canada, which was looking at a very similar theme, but instead of the lumpfish, I was working with a species of wrasse called Lacuna wrasse. Um, and so, yeah, I was, I was looking at very similar things like behavioral interaction and communication um, there between the two different species. And yeah, now I'm kind of in between positions and next year I'll be moving back to Canada uh, but this time I'll be in Alberta, uh, at the University of Alberta, and I'll not be working with fish, so that's going to be a big change, but I'll be studying birds and looking at uh, behaviour in birds, so it's uh, not aquatic anymore, so I don't know if yeah. that means I lose my job here. You will. Actually, <laughs> actually, now we, we, are, we have an open call for a partner <laughs> for the podcast, please, please send your CV, oh my god, cat! <laughs> I think that was an application. <laughs> She's just, yeah, wild. Um, so, yeah, please send your CV to our email, 71percentpodcast yeah. at gmail.com. <laughs> um, no, of course, you, you, you'll always be fishy to me, Ben. Don't... Oh, thank you. I'm going to take that as a compliment. <laughs> but, yeah, I think we can wrap it up. Kuka, check it out. She says, what about me? You've not asked about me. 
Kuka was uh, the professor of uh, catology at the <laughs> University of Feline and was the chair of uh, the feline studies. meowing studies. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I think we can just wrap it up by by saying I at least want to say that it's been a pleasure and I can't wait to do more of these episodes with you. Um, yeah, could I say it's always also been a pleasure for her. <laughs> yes, uh, you do. Well, I've hated every single second. <laughs> I knew I it. Can't wait, I can't wait to leave. <laughs> That's why you're moving to to work with birds, right? Because then yeah, you have an excuse. I'm figuring, trying to figure out an excuse, yeah, to leave. No, I've really enjoyed working too, and I think that the aim of the podcast isn't to be super popular and the next big thing in science communication, but it's just a quirky little space in the podcast universe where people can come to listen to two friends ramble on about aquatic science and their mad journeys <laughs> on, on side tangents that lead down that... unexpected avenues of discovery that's very poetic Ben <laughs> thank you <laughs> yeah so thanks for, for listening to us yeah and, thank you and let's, let's see what the next year brings us hopefully less COVID and more I don't know and more science and laughter and wine <laughs> wine it would be nice if uh, if people want to send us some feedback or just yeah uh, just a hello i don't think we've this is something i think that I've, i've missed more feedback from people and more comments and more people just writing us we haven't been receiving yeah. any or even so... if you just want to like send a message on uh like it on, on one of our tweets or instagram because i know you do more of the instagram uh, just saying hi and who you are and what yeah. your interests are whether that's research interests or wine interests all interests are equally valid yeah. uh, just so that we can kind of get to meet you guys a bit more because as wonderful as it is talking to laura and kuka it, it would be <laughs> nice to meet some of the people who listen to us as well yeah and to get tips for other studies to, to do right to, yeah to yeah. cover on our episodes because we've uh, yeah i think we all have biases so it's easier for us to you know for you to do mm -hmm. a, uh, something with fish or with animal behavior and for me something with ecology and seaweed and plants although i haven't done an episode on seaweed yet right i think it's been it's been like something that i really want to do so i want to do it right i want to choose a nice study uh -huh. a cool one so i've been waiting for the right one to talk so next oh, year looking, i promise i'm looking forward to that then. <laughs> But yeah, I think I think it would be nice to have any kind of either feedback or just a hello. Yeah, yeah, a feedback or a, or a joke. hello. Or a joke. Or a joke, or a pun. We are, we are yes. partial to the odd pun. Yes. <laughs> And I guess this will probably be the last episode of 71% for 2021. Yes. So we wish everybody a very safe and uh, joyful Christmas or... Yuletide or um, whatever festival it is that you celebrate in your life and all the best for next year let's hope 2022 is a step into a more free and positive thinking world 
I have nothing to add to that. Then you've you've said it. <laughs> you can, said it you perfectly. Can, you can uh, you can see us out to a, a Christmas carol of your choice, and I'll sit here and eat popcorn as you sing it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have you heard of the game Whamageddon? Sorry, I know this is another no. tangent. No. So you know the song uh, Last uh, Last Christmas uh, yes. by Wham. So Whamageddon is a game that starts on December the first, and basically you have to you have to try to get all the way to Christmas Eve without hearing the song <laughs> Last Christmas. Oh, I haven't heard it yet. Oh, you're, I'm out. I I think I heard it on the I heard it two days ago, so the fourth. Okay. It was on a Christmas. It was on like a TV advert. I tried uh, to dive out of the room, but I didn't make it in time. Oh. Uh, so so yeah, you're so out. I'm okay. Out. So I'm still in the competition. What's the prize? Yeah. The prize is uh, a poster of uh, George Michael. Yeah, why not? You can have to find it yourself, but <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, yeah, Whamageddon. Okay. The, oh, that's so funny. The latest craze sweeping the nation. Oh dear. So after that final tangent, yeah. Do you want to do <clears throat> the sign out? Until, Until next time. <laughs> <laughs> We'll catch you downstream. We've said it in a whale.